Well, hello, everyone. Sorry we had to cut this one up into a couple pieces, but we believe it's worth it. This story about Joseph's finally coming to an end. Just so everyone's aware, this is part two of the episode. Surprise! And what a happy ending we'll find out today. And to fill everybody in, what happened before? You see, Joseph finally revealed himself as the long-lost brother that they thought was dead. And now Joseph is reunited with his little baby brother. Joseph's brothers are going to find out the truth about how God saved the family. led his heart to Joseph and showed, you know, this is who I am. This is what we're going to do. I'm not going to take any other answer. And uh, chapter 45, verse 1, Joseph could no longer control himself before all of, his, all of his attendants. And he cried out, have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him and Pharaoh's household heard all about it. Okay, hold on. So it was this moment, this was the moment that broke Joseph's heart because he saw Judah and the rest, of, apparently the rest of his brothers were in turmoil as well. They were ripping their clothes and just freaking out over their little brother. And especially because Judah stood up and did this and said all this. Now, Joseph, his heart is broken. And it, and it sounds here like Joseph is ugly crying. Like, not like tears running down his face. He is like, everybody way. get out of here. I don't, want to, don't look at me. <laughs> right. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer them because they were terrified in his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come close to me. And when they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold in Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there has been famine in the land, and for the next five years, there will be no plowing and no reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household and ruler of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Do not delay. You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me. You, your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds and all that you have, I will provide for you there because five years of famine are still to come. Otherwise, you and your household and all who belong to you will become destitute. Early, early, a little bit early on in, in verse 5, it says, it talks about how Joseph was saying, hey, listen, listen, God meant for, or you meant for this for ill, but God meant for this to be something wonderful, right? That, I think, is the sign of someone who is 
very well spiritually connected to the Lord because they look for, and we've mentioned this many times in our podcast, we called them the golden threads. He was looking for these golden threads, and I think that's where his relationship with God led to the point where he realized, listen, what my brothers did to me was the best thing they could have ever, ever done. Maybe for character development, wherever they, but most importantly, because of what you've done, God has turned this into something beautiful. I can now save the family. I have this authority now. I think that's wonderful, and that's a lesson I think all of us need to take, that when we, we know when we're reaching that moment where we're getting closer to God, because then we start recognizing what God is doing in our lives. Yeah, verse uh, 12 here. You can see for yourselves, and so can my brother Benjamin, that it is really I who am speaking to you. Tell my father all, about all the honor accorded me in Egypt and everything you have seen, and bring my father down here quickly. <laughs> Tell daddy I'm vice pharaoh. Then he threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and wept. And Benjamin embraced him, weeping, and he kissed all of his brothers and wept over them. Afterwards, his brothers talked with him. When the news reached Pharaoh's palace that Joseph's brothers had come, Pharaoh and all of his officials were pleased. Pharaoh said to Joseph, Tell your brothers, do this, load your animals and return to the land of Canaan. Bring your father and your families back to me. I will give you the best of the land of Egypt and you can enjoy the fat of the land. You are also directed to tell them, do this, take some carts from Egypt for your children and, our, and your wives and go get your father and come. Never mind about your belongings because the best of all Egypt will be yours. Why did Pharaoh emphasized so much and was so excited. And it wasn't even Pharaoh. It actually says Pharaoh's house. So like everybody was excited for Joseph during this situation. Why do you believe that everyone was so excited about meeting basically the, 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 the man that saved all of Egypt and they, they, they know that his family's here now. Why was it? Why were they so excited? Well, I think it's a, a relative thing because if Joseph is this blessed, so too must his father and his brothers. They must all be blessed by the same God that has now saved Egypt. So you're thinking that they're going to have more Josephs on their hands. Right. And, and not only that, um, he knows now where Joseph came from. And there is still that elitist part of Pharaoh that's saying, no, don't bring your stuff. Just show up and we'll make sure that you have the best of everything that Egypt has to offer. <laughs> that's funny the best that egypt has to offer yep. and he, here's a, here's another parallel jesus do you remember when jesus was a child and he left and he had to go to to egypt and stay in egypt for a while because egypt protected him yeah. from what was going to happen from from literal literal death behind him like he had to leave israel the land that he was promised and I don't mean Jesus was promised. I mean, you know, his people was promised this land, all of Israel or Canaan. And he had to leave there and be protected in Egypt. So, too, we find Israel, literal Israel. His name is Israel, Jacob, and his family leaving to be protected and taken care of by Egypt. And I think that's that's perfect that you said, oh, no, 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 no. Don't worry about it. It's, we'll give you the best that Egypt has to offer as if they're like the... 
Well, it it said before this that they're Hebrews, and they weren't allowed to even sit at the same table as Egyptians because they were lower class. They were lesser lesser than. And so now he's like, we don't want your stuff. You know, just 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 bring the people, and we'll give you the best that we have to offer here because it's still that hierarchy where it's like, okay, yeah, we're happy to know where Joseph came from. You're going to come in and we'll clothe you and give you everything that Egypt has to offer here. You okay. Know, don't get any of your belongings. No, we don't want any of the Hebrew stuff coming in here. You you will now be part of Egypt like your son. Egypt is obviously going to be giving them very much to help them move because we're not talking about moving like 20 people here. No, the fat of the land. He's going to give them the best location. Right. right. So I, I guess what I'm what I'm asking here is... We're not just talking about carts. They're obviously going to send out carts and food and maybe even servants at some point. Like he's sending them with the equipment it would take to move the whole family, right? Right. Well, when we get down here in the next couple of verses, it says what what's given, and I want to break that down into like what that equivalency would be and why it would take that if they're just doing a round trip. Okay. So then, I guess my question is is understanding that that. Pharaoh is giving what he can to make them move or to help them move. Would Egypt therefore suffer slightly because they're giving of all this wonderful land and they're would would Egypt be suffering in some way or would they just they're so blessed that it doesn't matter right now? I believe the latter there. I I believe okay. that they I think see, that, I see that we you know Joseph has helped us. We have helped Joseph as much as we can to this point. We can't we can't promote him any higher. <laughs> so what no. more what more can we do to show thanks because God blessed us with Joseph? Oh. What so, more can we do to give to Joseph because he he doesn't want for anything. I could see this I could see where you're going with this like I their appreciation would be so vast at this point because all of Egypt is saved. Egypt is not starving. Right. They're fine. They get their rations of food every day, you know, and they're absolutely fine. Yeah, and in fact, um, the way that Joseph planned this, you know, that God blessed him with this intuition, this vision, that they're actually making more money because they are feeding the other the world. nations, you know, and being paid for it. Right. Verse 21 here, the sons of Israel did this. Joseph gave them carts, as Pharaoh had commanded, and he also gave them provisions for their journey. To each of them he gave new clothing, but to Benjamin he gave 300 shekels of silver and five sets of clothes. How many pieces of silver did they get to sell Joseph? I thought it was uh, 20, right? It was 30. 30. 30. I, I looked it up. It was 30. So he just got 30 pieces of silver. I'm sorry, 300 pieces of silver from 30. That's 10 times the amount. Mm-hmm. How many coats did they rip off his back and tear up and put blood on and ruin? One. So he's getting five times the coats <laughs> that were ruined. From I just I, I thought it was interesting that he, he didn't just, like in scripture here, it's not saying, oh, and he blessed him with many, and blessed Benjamin with many presents. No, he, they specifically state silver, and coats or garments. Garments, yep. Right. So I just I find that very interesting that it was in his story of leaving and being banished from his home was all about the silver and all about the garment, the gar- the coat being ripped and, and yeah. 
and this is what he sent to his dad. Ten donkeys loaded with the best things of Egypt, and ten female donkeys loaded with grain and bread and other provisions for his journey. Then he sent his brothers away, and as they were leaving, he said to them, Don't don't quarrel on the way. Alright, so... Mine, mine actually says, So that you do not become troubled along the way. So, I, I, either way... So maybe it's more like, Alright, I'm sending you off with a bunch of wealth. Don't Don't squander it. Treat it well. Go do what you need to do and come back here. Like, like um, that leader part of Joseph is kicking in saying, I know what you guys have done in the past when you had wealth. Right. Do this right. So he's speaking almost from from that experiential side. Well, I mean, okay, so let's go back just, just for one couple minutes here. When we read that story of when he was sold, Scripture says that Jacob sent Joseph to find his brothers because his brothers were missing for a few days and bring some food. You know, he brought some food with him. Hey, here's some, you know, here's some food from dad. And, you know, want to see how you guys are going and give a report back to dad and see how you guys are doing. And it seems as though they were, and, and one of the guys, remember, he ran into somebody and was like, oh yeah, those boys on the other side of the hill, trouble making. And so apparently they were squandering or whatever and, you know, partying out or whatever the case was. Scripture doesn't exactly say. It's just that they were they were known in that area to be, you know, not very trustworthy. <laughs> so it seems like like kind of kind of like what you're saying there was because of the past experiences. He's like, okay, I'm gonna do this for you. Just go home and get dad and come back. <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. Yeah, um, verse twenty five. So they went up out of Egypt and came to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan. They told him, Joseph is still alive. In fact, he is ruler of all Egypt. Jacob was stunned. He did not believe them, but when they had told him everything Joseph had said to them, and when he saw the carts Joseph had sent to carry him back, the spirit of their father Jacob revived, and get this, and Israel said, I am convinced. My son Joseph is still alive. I will go see him before I die. This is the first time in the same two sentences back to back where it showed instant transformation from Jacob to Israel. I found that interesting too. Because, okay, so explain why you say that because it's very important. All these episodes, we've seen this when it comes to Israel. Well, yeah, you know, we, we've we've said every every episode for the last three or four episodes about how Jacob is mentioned as Jacob when his heart is heavy, when he's feeling at his weakest and his most vulnerable, and he's not not living in faith the best that he can. He's not being the 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 patriarch that he's supposed to be. Yeah, it's usually a, a the overcomer. Is me. Yeah, it's it's woe is me. I'm gonna be destroyed. Or yeah, yep, and. As soon as he got this news, his spirits came back, or I'm sorry, the spirit of their father Jacob revived. (laughs) And when the spirit revived, he is now Israel again, saying, I'm convinced my son Joseph is still alive and I will go see him before I die. So 
it took that little bit of reinforcement to turn him, you know, back into the Israel that sent them out. Because we don't even know how long he was, they were gone this time, you know, no. with Benjamin. Because he was out there and this whole thing happened. Dinner, uh, you know, arrest and pull back and, you know, all this happened, but it didn't say how much time. So well, at this point, I think Jacob was still, like, grieving Benjamin's loss. Well, okay, so can I give you the distance? We never actually calculated this. So this is their second visit to Egypt, right? Technically. Yeah, technically. technically. Yep. Okay. Now, this is just an average. I don't know exact distances. This is actually from Jerusalem, which is in the middle of Israel, or pretty close to the middle. We don't know where they were living in Canaan at this time, but Israel and Egypt, or Canaan and Egypt, they're very close to each other. I mean, they're they're neighbors, Okay. It is 350 kilometers or 200 miles, roughly. So if they're traveling these, basically each time they're traveling 200 miles. So if you can average, I mean, usually average out a a good caravan could travel probably comfortably, let me put it this way, comfortably travel probably about 10 miles in a day. So if you're walking 200 miles... It's taken you a month, roughly. I mean, if you want to get, you know, technical 20 days to 30 days to get from Egypt all the way. Now, if they were by themselves, maybe they could travel faster. But I'm just saying, we're talking about Joseph not seeing Benjamin for basically probably close to two months. He wouldn't have seen his his son because it's not like, you know, they were there and all this happened within like, you know, hours of arriving or something like that. It was probably over a couple days span of time. They were getting carts together. They were getting, you know, they were collecting everything. So we're, we're talking about a good chunk of time here. Yeah, and it doesn't take Jacob long to lose heart, you know, honestly. So, you know, probably after the first week, he was probably like, oh, what was me? The worst has happened. The sky is falling, you know. I have been I have been abandoned again and lost all my kids and <laughs> so Jacob came back with a with a vengeance and then took a little bit of good news for Israel to show back up and say hey you know I almost get I almost get an image when you were reading that I almost get an image of a, of a hunched over old man with a, a a long scraggly coat or cloak with a cane and then all of a sudden he hears Joseph is alive and he straightens up and he's like yeah I'm fine Let's go. <laughs> like that scene from uh, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory when he gets the golden ticket and Grandpa Joe hops up out of bed and starts dancing around. <laughs> hey, hey, I haven't walked in years, but let's go. I, I can take him. I'll go. Uh, y'all take care. Uh, you you just wait. <laughs> like that, that, And that's, that's the kind of vision I, I saw with this because it sounds like, I mean, it, to me, it sounds like, because this is the turning point, mind you. This is the hinge where everything turns around for the last several chapters, basically since the moment he was sold, does it seem to, I mean, does it seem like he was down this whole time? Oh, I can pretty much guarantee it. I don't think there was so any, Jacob was just, he was just down. It was, he was leaving, running the place to his, uh, probably his, Reuben or something. No, this well, whole Reuben, time. Reuben would, was the oldest. Right. But he, um, you talking about when ben, when they left with Benjamin? No, I mean just in general. It seems like ever since Joseph, it seems like ever since Joseph was sold, it seems like he's like, oh, woe is me. I'm gonna go to my grave without seeing my son. 
it was you know it was the son of Rachel, the one whom I love. Now I got it very Rachel. You know, like I, he's, I don't think so. I think that for a, a while, possibly, but then he had that attachment to Benjamin, and Benjamin was like the the, the second fiddle, the one that that replaced Joseph, and so it was his second chance at Joseph, essentially. Oh, that's a good. That's a, actually a really good point. Because Joseph and, and and just for those of you who don't remember, Joseph and Benjamin were the children of the woman he actually loved. Uh, I mean, nothing against Leah or the other two wives he had, but he actually only loved apparently, and God kind of chastised him for this. He only really treated it was Rachel, Rachel Leah's uh, sister, young younger sister. I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of excited to see what's going to happen next because. He's he's finally going to see his son again. The whole thing with Joseph seems like it's water under the bridge. The whole family gets like a second chance at life. I mean, I'm this... I'm waiting for I'm waiting for the elephant in the room to be mentioned where like, oh yeah. Long ago, you know, I took note of you saying this, he never dismissed it. Remember when jo- when um, saying what saying when, what? when when Joseph said, um, "You all are going to bow before me," and uh, Jacob said, I- "Are you sure?" He like you know put him to task about it and saying, "Really, really, mom and dad are both going to be bowing down to you someday." Yeah, even right. Reuben. Reuben was the head of the household, and he even I think uh, mentioned something right. about that. But Jacob was the one that didn't scold him for it he just took note he was just like really and then when he stood his ground he was like okay all right we'll see because he had that dream of the angels on jacob's ladder you know so he understood what it was to have that dream so jacob so i'm wondering if this whole time that's going to come back to him and jacob might bring that up and say you know god has blessed you because of this so i'm curious to see if that unfolds do you think Israel or Jacob was ever told the whole story of what happened to Joseph? Because when they come back, all they really say is Joseph, when all they ever say to Jacob is basically, we got to move to Egypt because Joseph is alive and he lives there and he's the one ruling there and he told us to come. Like, the, it, it seems as though, now mind you, I. This scripture is not going to give you every little detail, but do you think that that was ever addressed in this circumstance? It might have, but I think that they all felt forgiven when Joseph said to his brothers, um, what you meant for evil, God meant for good, saying that God brought me here. It wasn't you guys. They don't hold any ill will against you because it was God that brought me here. So I don't think that they're going to bring up a negative spin on this now that they have been forgiven by Joseph, their brother, that they've done wrong, and second in command of all Egypt. So I don't think that they're going to go to their dad and explain what happened because it's apparent that they care about his well-being, but they still don't like respect his rule too much. <laughs> Well, okay, so let, let me just reiterate what you're saying there. Okay, so verse 5, it says, Now, now, this and this is Joseph speaking, But now, do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves, because you sold me 
here, for God sent me before you to preserve life. So uh, maybe that's the, maybe that's the case. He's just like, forget all of this. God worked this out. Don't even worry about it. Like, yep. Don't don't even bring it up again. But I think Jacob would have been so excited that he wouldn't have even cared. Quite frankly, hearing oh well, you guys you know sold him blah blah blah. I don't think he would have even cared. He's alive. Like all right. these years, he was dead, but now he's alive. And I think he says something to that uh, later on, and we'll bring that up in a, the next episode of Joseph and the coat of many colors that he doesn't have anymore. So on that note, um, um, Justin, do you want to lead us out of here in prayer? Certainly. Uh, dear Lord, we thank you so much for the parallel that you have given us with your son, Jesus, and this whole story of of the what's happened to Joseph and his family and the engagement of Israel, Father. I, we thank you so much for this being preserved, this story being preserved, and I pray that you'll help all of us who are reading this story together that uh, we'll grow closer to you in knowing this story and understanding this story and what has happened uh, in this world. Father, we love you so much, and we thank you uh, in your heavenly name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everybody, for uh, listening into this. Uh, this has been Tom. This has been Justin. Uh, but unfortunately, I think we lost Sully and we lost Susanna. So <laughs> thanks again, everybody. And we will talk to you next time. All right. We love you guys. Well, hello, everyone. Now that this is all over, I hope you had a great time. Now, listen, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I'm closing up. You can get a hold of them on something called Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, podcast, podcast, what are they, fishing for whales? Listen, folks, just look up Biblical Chili anywhere. I'm sure you'll be able to find them out there. And until, Lord willing, we'll see you again. May the Lord bless you. Goodbye. think they're still listening? I doubt it. There can't be that many people that listened all the way to the end of the track. Most of them probably skip it. But in case you did, congratulations. You're one of the few. We love you.